0: island of Mallorca inspires many authors, either as a subject for their work or somewhere they put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard. Georges Sand, Robert Graves, Geoffrey Archer, Peter Kerr and Anna Nicholas are only some of the best-known authors linked to this largest of the Balearic Islands. A surprising number of authors have made Mallorca their home or favorite writing place. And in each episode of this podcast series, you'll hear my conversation with one of them, giving you an insight into their writerly lives. Welcome to Authors in Mallorca with me, Jan Edwards.
1: I was really quite dedicated to getting a blog out every week, but I will sketch a lot about them. And sometimes I'll just do an exercise where I'll just, I'm writing as if they're writing a diary. A launch is, is very nice. It's a fun part, but I don't think it's necessarily the main thing to worry about or to spend money on
0: in this episode we'll hear from a half welsh half spanish author who gained her first publishing contract in 2008 for a book based on her blog she'd started the year before her next book became a wattpad sensation today emily bennett is a hybrid author with three traditionally and four self-published books Mallorca is the setting for two of her more recent novels, The Hen Party, published in 2017, and Tipping Point in 2020. Because of Mallorca's current pandemic restrictions, we chatted over Zoom, and I asked Emily how it felt to get that first publishing contract at the age of only 25.
1: I think when I was 25, I thought it was, uh, yeah, a long time coming. (laughs) I think (laughs) I was very impatient and I well that was when I was in London and I mean I have a book in my cupboard which is when I was 11 that was when I first like completed my novel illustrated and everything and I think I've been a bit obsessed since and so before I finally got that book published I was doing a lot of short stories and I'd send them off to competitions and and it was you know felt amazing when I finally did get some selected and would read in these pubs with no one there.
0: Being a published author has always been on your radar. Mm. You started a blog in 2008, which was four years before I started mine. It feels like I've been doing it forever. So, (laughs) you've been doing it all that time. But you're one of those rare people that managed to get a book out of a blog. And I think probably every blogger hopes that some publisher somewhere will see the blog and go, this must be a book. How did it happen for you?
1: Yeah, it was uh, quite unexpected. At the time, I had been writing, this, struggling to write this novel, and I'd get out of bed and be writing this novel, and I thought this was a novel that was going to change everything. Uh, at some point, I don't know what happened, but I felt like I needed to write something shorter that I could complete because this novel—it was never going to end. It felt like so I began uh, just writing a blog about working in my mum's chandelier shop, which is what I was doing most of the time. So I thought, well, write about what you know, and that's what I did. And I was really quite dedicated to getting a blog out every week. It had to, like, I had to write it, or, or I couldn't go out. I couldn't, you know, I had to write this blog. Uh, So I took it very seriously and yeah at some point I think I'd be writing maybe quite a few months regularly always about the same topic always kind of a bit of comedy about you know independent like shops because people didn't come in I mean who comes to buy a chandelier no one they just come in and talk about their life (laughs) really we weren't selling very much because we were this crystal chandelier you know beautiful chandeliers and next door was a Greg's Baker and a wig shop was on the other side so it wasn't like you know people didn't go particularly particularly. (laughs) anyway so I left this and at some point I thought oh I should you know tell people about it and I left a link I I would like I was really spammy I would never do this now but I went to all these Facebook pages of publishers you could do these then and it was much quieter there weren't so many people doing this I left this message saying oh if you like stories uh, blah 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 left my link and I got this message pretty much like the next day. I think, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, we really think it would make a good book, something, something. And I thought, no, this is from Salt Publishing, and I thought, oh, this is this is a joke, isn't it? This is like a spam message. <laughs> and, it- <laughs> and it wasn't. And it was a small independent publisher. And I went and met them, and it felt like such a big deal. And. And uh, yes, that was the first book, which it was great, a very special experience. But obviously, it didn't change my life after that. (laughs) I had to write another one.
0: And that other one, you took another interesting approach, which was to use something called Wattpad. And for anybody who doesn't know what that is, can you give us a a brief description?
1: Yeah. So Wattpad is a platform where you can upload your stories. Like it's a bit like the Netflix now, I suppose, of, of writing a book. So you do it in like episodes. So so I w- wrote this book called Spray-Painted Nanas, um, chapter by chapter, and I hadn't finished it, but I wrote maybe about 10,000 words before I started, just in case. So it wasn't <laughs> that much. I don't know how many, maybe 10,000. So quite a lot, I suppose. And people would comment on it. And it was actually really amazing how positive the response was and it definitely motivated me it was like having cheerleaders going oh what's happening next oh what's gonna happen next and 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 yeah and I, I and again this was after I'd been trying to write another novel for ages so basically my <laughs> process is struggle to write a novel then do something completely different and then Completely different thing is the one that, that works. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were described as a watchpad sensation, so it
0: obviously worked well for you. That process of letting somebody read your work like that and comment, people that don't know you, so who you won't be offended if they give you criticism, that must be really helpful. Did it enable you to shape the book as you went along?
1: Only a a, a little bit. Generally, I mean, I knew where it was going. I think the bits that shaped me was like when people didn't like a character and I didn't realise maybe that I hadn't made them likeable or when they needed to be likeable or not likeable when they, you know. uh, So, yeah, it was mainly in the character.
0: Your latest book, which I really enjoyed, we'll talk about it a little bit later on, but the thing I noticed was that you've got terrific characterization. It was really good. Are you somebody who... Who sits and does a biography of each character before you start
1: uh, yes, maybe not as a linear from when they were born, but I will sketch a lot about them, and sometimes i 'll just do an exercise where i'll just i 'm writing as if they 're writing a diary, though so then I and, and try and get into their voice like that ah, this that's book the took secret. a lot a lot of work actually i 've got like notebooks and notebooks and notebooks of trying them out and And, you know, and then if if you find yourself stopping and you couldn't carry on their diary, it's because they didn't have enough, you know, for you to write about. You didn't connect with them.
0: So you need to know a little bit more. Interesting process. And
1: what about the books themselves?
0: To what extent do you plan out what you're going to do? Or are you one of these people who just sits down and lets it all flow out?
1: Kind of a bit of both, I think. I get kind of bored of planning. I think if I know everything, I think I... Well, I couldn't be bothered to write the book then. Maybe <laughs> like I do try. Like I'll have i uh, I'll get a pad and I'll try and put each chapter with uh, post-it notes and write out what more or less what's going to happen. But, you know, I get I get fed up halfway through doing that. And so I, but you've got to know what's going to happen at the end. Usually I know the beginning, yes. the end. And that's like more or less something in, in the middle. I write a lot to find out what I'm writing. And that's why it's so slow. I write, like, I mean, this last book, Tipping Point, I think I wrote this 60% of a book like three times before I wrote the book that I wanted to write. Really?
0: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's uh, that's quite hard. You know, if you had to put a costing to your hours into the book, there's no way that being an author is it, a viable well, way of making money, is there? No, it's ridiculous.
1: Oh, I see people really, you know, they put so much hope into this one book, doing everything for them financially. And you got to, like, write, yeah, cause you start maybe making money at 10 books, probably. <laughs>
0: I mean. Well, you've only got three to go then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you need to do a lot and not be too precious, I guess. Just get on with it.
0: I, uh, I saw in an interview that you, you like the term author-entrepreneur. Well maybe it's authorpreneur, I don't know. It could work.
1: <laughs> yes, I've been published traditionally and um and that was a hard experience actually. It was quite oh yeah, I'm not sure if I'm bitter I basically um the two after the spray painted banana experience, the Wattpad experience, you know, that's a sensation. I did uh, sign with uh, HarperCollins and I had two more books, which was a digital first books published. And I think it was that that dream, the traditional dream that many of us writers have of this finding the agent and getting the publisher. And it was so exciting to go into the lobby of HarperCollins and you know have the photo taken and all the rest of it. But then after that, it was really oh you know they have so many authors and they hmm. don't do the like publicity for all of you and you really they're really hoping and they, because they've seen that i do blogging and stuff they're hoping that you're gonna do all that so it's not like so- suddenly you just have to you know give it all up and, and they're gonna take it so it was a hard experience but but you know it's a learning experience you know so then i've always listened to this uh podcast called uh, the creative pen podcast which is a, a self-productive do you listen to it You've heard of- I've heard it
0: yes I've heard a few episodes very good
1: it's all about marketing lists email lists and oh my goodness and I think I used to you know be more up for watching webinars and doing all these things but lately after tipping point I feel like god I've done so much work for this book and now it feels like I have to get another job as a marketeer and I don't want to. And I think that's why I've suddenly started drawing instead of writing. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, ah! So yeah, marketing is, is, I mean, you know, is a massive... It's the thing you have to learn, really. making money. It's like, yeah you know, maybe 50% writing the book, 50% marketing, or maybe 40% writing the book, and 60%, you know, it's like a lot. So self-publishing
0: at least gives you all the income and you don't have to pay, you know, it's not a question of being paid by a publisher.
1: I think you make a lot more money... But you can make a lot more money self-publishing because the percentages are a lot higher. But, you know, self-publishing does not mean, it really does not mean writing a book and just putting it out there. It's really important to get an editor. I mean, I've got an editor to look at the work. You know, you've got to get it proofread. You've got to have the right cover. It's not a little you know scribble it up my mum likes it put it up I I mean I'm very conscious that I want it to be as the highest level equivalent to a traditionally published book so so yeah it's not it's not just I'll have a go put it up for me
0: anyway you know (laughs) the editing process you obviously do some editing and revising yourself I've just finished well I just finished last May I finished the first draft of my debut novel I put it away for a while, which was tough to do because I wanted to get on with it. But I'm at the point now where I am getting close to thinking, yeah, okay, now it's time to pass it to a professional editor. But when do you know when you think you've done all you can do and that it's time to give it to someone else?
1: Well, usually I'll put it away for a bit, a month, I guess, but it's very hard. I agree. You just want to get on with it. Then I read it again. And I think at the point when I can't bear it, you know, I can't bear to look at it again then i'll send it away because you know there's always going to be more edits and so you may as well do it sooner rather than later you know to send it off to <laughs> someone and then you'll get it back and you'll find um yeah you have to do loads more oh. <laughs> but, uh, not always eh? and i think that i don't mind editing i quite like editing but uh, structural editing is what you don't want isn't it you don't want them to come back and say this doesn't make any sense like if it's just yes. you know polishing the writing i quite i find that quite relaxing You know, to just play about with words. But when, yeah, if you have to restructure, then
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh, hopefully you don't do that. (laughs) Your life did change when you became pregnant and you read a book about the experience. I read the first three chapters last night. I read a a chunk of it and it obviously sat in my mind because uh, last night I dreamt that a friend of mine, in fact, a mutual friend of ours was trying to get pregnant again. And she already has a teenage daughter. So (laughs) she'd be horrified if she knew. But yeah, it was, it must have been cathartic for you because you did have a little bit of trouble getting going, didn't you, in the pregnancy?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, uh, definitely. And it was, it was strange because it was like, I wanted to write. This is how I deal with everything. You you know, it's like you pick up a, a, a diary. I have diaries from when I was a teenager and you only ever write about when things are going badly, don't you think? And if you look at all your teenage diaries, you think, my God, life was terrible. <laughs> you know, so there was a thing like I wanted to write this down and I kept waking up at three o'clock in the morning as well when I finally got pregnant I would get wake up at three o'clock all the time and so that's why I would write at three o'clock in the morning with a cup of milk so I wanted to write but I didn't want this very personal thing to be like something I blogged about so then that's why I went back to pen and paper and then when I did get pregnant and it was all under you know all went well then you could feel that you could share you know but yeah i really enjoyed that and i think um it's a bit like the first book which is very diary style as well it it, it came quite naturally i suppose and it was really yeah it was fun to write and i'm glad i have it because it's a really cool to have this memory and it would be a
0: lovely thing to pass to your little girl when she's older won't it Yeah, yeah yeah as a mum how much has your writing life changed your writing routine well
1: (laughs) quite a lot i suppose when i got pregnant, I was quite clear that I wanted, if I could, to be with her for two years, you know, just to look after her. And luckily she'd been a really good napper all her life. <laughs> <She's> two <laughs> and a half now. So I would write very early in the morning sometimes. Sometimes there were a period of time when I was writing at like five thirty in the morning. Or I'd write in her two hour naps so I'd write in that and then in the evening this kind of writing is writing for my job, uh, for ABC, uh, magazine. So that's the writing I would do mostly and tipping point. I don't really know how this got done. I think the thing is, I'm, I, I do sacrifice stuff. Like I don't, I won't go out that much or like I do make time for writing, I suppose. And so, yeah. And, and now I'm not, now she's inspired me to, to write this children's book. So that's a massively down to her inspired by her. And, um, I am illustrating it and it's something I've always really wanted to do but I never thought I was allowed because I'm a writer not a you know illustrator (laughs) and then then something happened and I started in October to draw Millie and Bobby are the two characters and it's based on Millie my daughter and Bobby who's the boxer dog of my brother and his wife and he is a famous boxer now on Instagram he was found in a really? bin. He is gorgeous. Everyone loves him. And he has 30,000 followers on Instagram. Good heavens above. And as you know, so, I don't like marketing. <laughs> so I thought I'm going to use Bobby and they can share it when I've finished it. So, um, yes, yeah, so it's Millie and Bobby. And the first book's going to be called The Biggest Stick in the World. And that's what I'm doing. Happy coming along. I have the text ready. It's kind of a Julia Donaldson kind of rhyming book, which has been really fun to write. And and I read so much with soul. Like my daughter, hours, I've read hours because we, you know, we're a bit anti, anti-TV anti here. So we just like read all the time. And So I got into this, like, you know, you find books that you really like or don't like, you start to see what words, you know, onomatopoeia, this and that. And I, I just, started drawing and i'm really enjoying it and i'm getting up at 6 30 every day with no alarm just i wake up and i go and draw
0: (laughs) and it's great fantastic fantastic (laughs) that's a brilliant thing and you've got this ready-made audience at least some of those people on instagram are going to buy this book aren't they (laughs) amazing that's that's very very clever tell me how important has social media been for you in publicizing your books and through your whole journey as a as an author
1: it's been the key. It's been like when I think of blogging or, or I mean, the, the Wattpad, All the experiences are so tied to being online and generally and, and sharing. And it's funny because I mean, recently I've been quiet. It's the first time ever that I'm not blogging because I just can't. There's things that I can't. I've got to create at the moment. I'm creating mode. I'm not sharing so much mode. Although I do share my. My drawings, but it's been so key, and I find it really encouraging when you have people wanting to see what you're doing. And I'm a mix. I mean, I'm kind of private at the same time. Like it's like I don't share all the time. The Recently, I feel more comfortable about sharing the drawings and say what I'm eating or doing or, or, or you know. But certainly, when it's about the writing and the journey, it's been absolutely key, and I'm so grateful. Really for the people that that care, you know, that read my stuff. It's really amazing.
0: We've written two books based in Mallorca. You're half Welsh and half Spanish, but you didn't know Mallorca when you first came here, did you?
1: (laughs) No. I did not. But I was living in London. Because I was from thirteen to nineteen I was living outside of Barcelona. I lived in Barcelona for that time. And I loved it. I loved Spain. I've always I mean we always came to my so my dad, every August, we'd go to a little village in the Pyrenees, basically. So Spain, for me, it was like freedom. It was the mountains. It was, you know, sun, you know, compared to uh, to Bermondsey, London, it was yeah, paradise. So I always, we always knew <laughs> my brother was determined to live in Spain. And it took a while. <laughs> we finally got there. and But then we went back to London, and my husband was very established there with his work. So I never thought we could... Get, I didn't know how we were going to manage it until one day he said oh apparently they do there's work in Mallorca because he works in uh, film and TV and, and, and I just leaped on this seed of an idea no yes let's go <laughs> but like what's the worst <laughs> that's going to happen yeah because I mean it, it, it's it's familiar somehow Mallorca I suppose when you've been in Catalonia um, and I love it
0: well, it's inspired two of your books, The Hen Party, uh, which <laughs> which is a, a fun book. Very much on the style of Love Island, really, isn't
1: it? I mean, for me, I just love, I, mean, I love Leanne Moriarty, which I know it's not like that, but I like uh, Leanne Oriati in the sense that you've got quite a few characters, something has happened, you don't know what it is, and bit by bit you find out what it is. And that's really my... Conan was my aim to to try and get into books that were, you know, multiple characters and you're, you're drip fed what's happened. And uh, so I can't even sure how the idea, I mean, it was another book that took me a while to work out what I was trying to do. But yeah, it was fun. It was fun to write. And I, I mean, I, I seem to always write in summer (laughs) and i think it's because i hate i hate the cold so much that at least while i'm writing i feel warm somehow if the sun the the sun is shining um, yes, I know what yeah. you mean. <laughs>
0: well, Tipping Point is is one I've read just recently. And that's another book of multiple characters. And I love the characterization of them all. And I love how all their lives were interwoven. Where did you get your inspiration for that one?
1: I think, again, it was like, I think it was Leanne Moriarty, Deborah Moga. David David D- Nichols. David Nichols. Oh, I love his books. I love him. Yes, all of those. All, all of those people. And I think, who else? There's someone else. I think Le- Lisa Jewell to an extent as well, maybe maybe before. But I also think, uh, so Tent Party is quite fun and a bit f- fluffier, maybe. And I still wanted to do multiple characters, but I wanted to start to get more depth. I suppose in in each one and more maybe more realistic I mean I think so much so much of writing to write well you have to really a lot of self-observation observation observation of, of how your mind works how other people putting yourself in their shoes you know and and I think the more you see the more you're you know we have to just keep as writers really observe you know Yes, uh, and
0: as you're maturing all the time. Yeah. As you mature, then you're, your writing matures as well. Yeah. The novel was released in the pandemic. Uh, How was the national lockdown in Spain for you? Because it was really tough.
1: Yes. So my daughter was one and a half. Uh, we were in a, in a flat. Uh, we had a terrace. It was a very quiet block of flats, so we actually did use the stairwell and uh, there was a tiny little... <laughs> little patch of earth and stuff uh we were when i think god it's i can't believe it's almost been a year now it was incredibly intense with a one and a half year old you don't have time though to dwell on what's happening or read the news or you know so it was really just an exercise in how to keep this child <laughs> engaged <laughs> And suddenly the rubbish acquired, like the recycling acquired so much importance. Like there was no way we were going to throw a cardboard box out. Everything could be made into something, into a game, into like, (laughs) at one point you just threw like sofa cushions down that corridor and that became like a soft play area. We just like run and jump on it. It was just every day was just finding a way of of doing it so and and like if you went on the stairwell and you saw a wood louse that's like an hour of entertainment right there so <laughs> so you know and I wrote I couldn't stop writing this writing flowed in the evening I'd write this blog and I just it wrote itself you know so it was very intense very quite creative I would find it very hard to do it again because mm-hmm. now she's two and a half, and it's just uh, just well oh, it's, it's really hard. <laughs> like it, I just find I want to go out all the time now. I just want to go to the playground. I want to. I want to walk around. So yeah.
0: It kept you creative and productive because a lot of authors found it difficult. A lot of writers Mm. um, I've read have found it really difficult. But uh, no, it's good for you. I I found it quite positive. I've finished my novel during the lockdown. Yeah, that's brilliant. It just gave me a chance to do it. I couldn't go and do my radio show. And Mm -hmm. so that was it. You had to launch your book, though, in a pandemic.
1: And that must
0: have been a challenge. Uh,
1: Yeah, nothing much happened, which I think is a little bit how it is when you start to write more and more books because a launch is is very nice. It's a fun part, but I don't think it's necessarily the main thing to worry about or to spend money on because it's quite hard to make money back. So, you know, probably better to put the money into online advertising or Amazon ads (laughs) or something like that so you know it's all right but but it's like a long-term thing i, I mean books don't have to go i mean obviously maybe after when are we gonna have to start writing books where they're in the pandemic i don't know but in theory uh you know there's you've got time that the book isn't going to go out of date uh yet so you've got time to keep launching it in a way you know
0: <laughs> you did do a, a blog tour an online blog tour
1: what What was that like that's what i did i forgot i completely forgot Oh my god no, that was quite that was good no it was good but um, I had to write a lot of uh, like blog posts which I prepared earlier my goodness I forgot I did this this is good so yes no and I recommend that that yeah when you've got your book ready I will pass you some information about this uh, but yeah <laughs> no you. it's kind of uh, going on different people's blogs and writing guest posts and extracts of the book and different things like that so no that was good actually yes
0: well worth doing by the sound of things <laughs> you've moved home has that given you a writing space of your own
1: yes because my writing space in the other house was so humid it was like walking to a cave and it had that damp cave smell you know so it was, Ooh, a bit, it was not that, healthy not healthy so now i'm above i'm above ground and it's <laughs> yeah it's really good i can I actually see a bit of sea so it's pretty pretty good and yeah and also i suppose like you were saying in lockdown i think we really used at the last flat i think uh, it's nice to be in a different environment and i'm definitely getting up and coming into my office gladly every morning so so it's nice it's good it's nice to have
0: your own space isn't it for sure yeah. uh, my my office is in the hub of the house so if you want to go to any room in the house you have to walk through which uh, is <laughs> ideal but <laughs> it's it's my space yeah. so that's the important thing now you're in your own place you you write you're a journalist as well you write us. To get the bread and butter in, of course. You have this new children's book that hopefully will be published before too long. Do you have an agent?
1: I had an agent till recently, uh, but in London, and they have partly retired for health reasons. It's okay. I'm not sure what I will do next in a way uh, regarding an agent for the book, because uh, in the one hand, I just want to get on with it. And, you know, agents can take like years to find so I'm, I'm not going to worry about it for a minute, <laughs> but I did have till recently, yeah. And I mean, that's the process, isn't it? The agent and then the, the publisher, but we will see. We will see. At the moment, I'm just getting into this world of illustration and seeing what's out there and what, how people do it, and, and yeah, we'll see. Who are the illustrators you admire? Well... I I can't remember their names. It's just I'm following them all on Instagram and I'm just amazed at like just how beautiful they are. There's so much diversity. But I'll follow like a hashtag of children's illustration and it just comes up with them. Yeah, people are so so creative and so different, I think. Um, Weirdly, I don't feel... It's not like a competition. Like in a way, I should feel I had a moment of, oh, imposter syndrome. What am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. But then I think I see it as way, oh, oh, I want to learn to do that. Or, oh, look how they do that technique. That's interesting. As my brother says, there's room for everyone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's quite right. Everybody has their own strengths, don't they? Yeah. It's, you're fortunate you can write and you can also illustrate. But you, you've always been a little bit artistic, haven't you? I remember reading in a blog post about a delivery of Sharpie pens or something that got you very excited.
1: Yeah, that was, that's that's the thing. I would always doodle. I love doodling. I find it very relaxing. And my dad loves my pictures and he has pictures from when I was like 10 on his wall. It's really sweet. But I, I always thought they would look really childish. And when I began to draw for Millie and Bobby, books which I plan to be a series by the way this is not just a standalone book I like see the next 15 years at least dedicated to this now Um, but but I started (laughs) to draw and I drew like when I was 10 because I hadn't drawn like for so long you know Uh, or or I hadn't you know got any better because I hadn't been drawing but but very quickly I started draw better and practice I did some Udemy videos and so yeah
0: When you look at a children's book and look particularly at the
1: writing, it looks so simple, but I'm sure it isn't. No, I think it's a notch. There's definitely better ones than worse ones, but um, it's so much about rhythm and it's so much about reading out loud, you know? So when I do this, I don't do my writing early in the morning because I need to read it out loud and I don't want to wake anyone up. So I just do (laughs) the drawing, but I, yeah, you have to read it out loud. And I think the best children's books you read even if you're not a particularly good reader you find yourself reading them in an interesting in a fun way uh, because they just read themselves you know and I suppose that's what I'm aiming for rhythm and fun with words like my daughter can <laughs> laugh for ages just if you say the word blob it's such a great word really blob. and we just like giggle we just sit like she's two and a half and we just like sit and look at each other going blob blob and it's just really funny <laughs>
0: what's her reaction to what you've done so far
1: uh well i haven't read her the text because i feel like i want the pictures but i'll show her what i've done in the morning at breakfast and um and i did like a few i just was drawing owls i think every detail needs to matter so I've got, i was started obsessively drawing owls and i asked her which one she liked and she liked the one I liked. So, yeah. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> well, she'd be very proud of her mummy, I'm sure. <laughs> it sounds to me as if you're going to be dedicating, in terms of authorship, the, the next
1: few years to this particular series. Million and Bobby. We'll see. I think I'm really enjoying it. And I think for so many years, uh, writing novels can, it's, it, yes, my passion, but it also felt a little bit like having homework every night. You know that you wanted to to you want to get somewhere i don't I'm just tired of the feeling of trying to get somewhere in a way and I, I definitely will write more novels, but I just need to take a moment to play. I need to play. And when I'm drawing, I feel like I'm playing. Yeah, I really see that them at the moment they're now in a woodland park for this book, but I definitely have to go to the sea at some point. So I'm, I need to put them in different environments until I'm fed up with them. And then I'll go back and I'll write some novels. Or, <laughs> and are these yeah. are these environments in Mallorca or is this, a, no, it could be anywhere? I'm not sure. I, I think they're more universal. We'll see. We'll see if that's possible. I had a follower um, write on my Instagram the other day that because I'd written a picture with a bear, because you know, you have a bear, and she's like, Oh, yeah, there's bears where I am. And I thought, Oh, wow, well, you know, black bears. And I thought, Ah, it makes me think, oh, I need to explore these environments. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah.
0: <laughs> maybe, a, maybe a traveling Millie,
1: yeah, <laughs> traveling around see? the world
0: yes. with Bobby. There you go. You're going to have that idea for forever. Oh, thank you. It's
1: irresistible, like how many things, but I will I will write novels and maybe sooner than I thought, you know, start again, but I just needed, yeah, a bit of a... Any ideas bubbling for the next novel? No, that door is locked. I'm like, you know, when you, you just, it's just that the door is going, no, not opening. It's like like when, when you have a panic room, room and you know there's like stuff you need to <laughs> organise in there. At the moment, I'm just... Not ready to open that door, <laughs> but i will i will i will
0: <laughs> you are very disciplined, I know, and, and perhaps you're a little bit hard on yourself because you set yourself word targets, don't you when you're writing novels
1: uh yes. do you think you do you think you're very tough on yourself I think i am I have always been, and I wonder if I'd have got things done if I hadn't been i don't know uh maybe you could do it without the without the drama, but I've got to do this. But uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe it, I. I think I'm becoming more mellow, more relaxed. But for my work, I mean, because you know, you I write for a living as well. Um, you know, you need to, you need to get it done like quite efficiently, because otherwise you're earning one cent a minute, aren't you? So you, I mean, one cent an hour. So uh, I try and be efficient. <laughs> efficient.
0: But, um, if anybody would like to find out more about your books, you have your own website, and people can buy your books online, can't they?
1: Yes. And if they're in Mallorca, they can also buy them from the Universal Bookshop in Portals. No,
0: which is a very local author-friendly yes, uh, nice. shop indeed. Yeah, there's a blog which you still occasionally write on. You did write at something at the beginning of the year. I did. and social media. I'll put your contacts onto the podcast. Thank you. Uh, introduction.
1: Awesome. Yeah,
0: and. I must wish you lots of luck. Thank you very much indeed for talking to us on Authors in Mallorca.
1: My pleasure. And I Majorca's... want to see your book. I want to see your book finished and out there. Well, I'd like to see it finished as
0: well. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> just brings me to a good point, covers. Oof. Yeah. Let's talk about covers just very briefly before we say goodbye. How do you go about getting covers for your book since you've been self-publishing?
1: Um, I have an in-house cover designer. No, my husband does a lot. But then we'll we'll work, we'll talk about it together. We'll sit at the table. We'll he'll very quickly come up with an idea. He's very very good. Then we'll send it to maybe we got three key people that we trust, and then they'll they'll say no. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> you really think you've done a great job, and then someone will come back. No, 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 no and then that then we'll do it again so yeah so basically um, i don't get someone outside of this just me and my yes. husband in a lot of this he's um we this technical stuff he helps a lot so i'm very lucky yeah,
0: A good team, a very supportive husband, which is important for a writer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think the co- the cover is such an important thing, isn't it? I read people say, go on to Fiverr and buy yourself a cover yeah. and pay £20 or something. Yeah. Uh, and good, I'm not sure if that's right.
1: A good cover could be expensive, but it's, I think, yeah, no, it's, it's so important, isn't it? And I think yes. you do have to uh, not ask too many people, but definitely have to, like, you know, you have to sh- share it and to, to because people see some things that you don't see, like the novel, you know. That's yes. that's the thing. You send it off because you need a different pair of eyes and they go, oh, look at this. Oh, yeah. What is the best thing about being a writer? I think I find that I always ha- – I'm never bored. I'm never, ever bored. Even if you can lock me down in my house for months more and I'm never going to be bored because I'm always – what if this or what if that? I have a very I'm always imagining something or have an inner dialogue with myself or observe a thought and think, oh this is funny, I could put that in a book. You know, so I guess I'm I'm never I'm never bored. I have a very rich inner life, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And the worst thing? The worst thing is it's hard work to finish a novel and um doesn't make much money and you think you know and uh, yeah that the kind of the, the amount of work with with what you get financially mm, you are kind to of got to do it because you love it and uh, and
0: you clearly do love it because uh, seven books on. Yes. Uh, you you are a successful author. You might not be filthy rich, but you're a successful know, author. Do you know
1: what? Now that I work, I, I write for a living. I don't have the pressure to uh, write novels for money. So I think that's been the best thing. Actually, being a writer professionally is wonderful, and I do really enjoy writing like articles, interviews. I love it, you know, and it's a good balance with this long. Marathon of novel writing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so don't give up the day job is probably the best advice for a budding author.
1: Or get a okay, part time. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks
0: very much. All the best for 2021 and with your series, Millie and Bobby. Uh, if people want to find out, they have their own Facebook page, don't they? They do. They do. They do. Yes.
1: <laughs> Thank you. It's been really nice to talk Thank to you, you. for joining us. Good to talk
0: to you. Thank and I hope you. 2021 will be a great year for you. Thank Good. you. Thank you. You've been listening to author Emily Bennett, whose seven books are available on her website, emilybennett.com, Bennett with one N. I really enjoyed her latest novel, Tipping Point, which is about four residents of an apartment block in Mallorca, a retired British couple, a local private investigator, and a visiting relationship guru with love life problems. Emily's current work-in-progress project, the children's book Millie and Bobby, has its own page on Facebook and Instagram. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of Authors in Majorca and that you'll join me again for the next one soon. Authors in Majorca is produced and presented by me, Jan Edwards. The theme tune was composed by Chuck Waldenmeyer and published by Music Bakery Publishing.